This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I got to go after the show, buy some uh, some Lotto Max tickets, man. Jackpot's at $60 million. How nice would that be to win? I would. Oh, that's so good. And there's a lot of, been a lot of people around the area who have been winning, so I feel like we got a shot, right? Yeah, mother-daughter just won the Cash for Life in in Kitchener, in the Kitchener area. Oh, I love that one. Cambridge, yeah. $1,000 a week per life, but the pair opted to take the lump sum payout. What do you they think they got? 25 mil? Only $675,000. How long is, is it left in their life? 13 years of weekly $1,000 payments. It's only 13 years. I thought it was 25 years back in, when it first launched. I don't know. Maybe well, I'm a- wrong. Because I just assume, because that's what a life sentence is, right? In jail? <laughs> 25 to life, right? Yeah, so if you're getting cash for life, it should be 25 years. If I'm going to get life for killing somebody and it's not 13 years, then why am I only getting paid? Yeah. <laughs> why am I only going to pay 13 years, OLG? Imagine your life was 13 years long. What are we? A canine? Uh, would you take that deal? You only have 13 years left, but you get $675,000? Not enough. I think, if you know, I feel like you could make that if you really... Really had to. Mm-hmm. What about uh, twenty million? Twenty million, that, but yeah, twenty million dollars. But you only live for another thirteen. So years. I die at forty-six. I don't know. That's pretty young. I don't know. I see. For me, I would, but I wouldn't want my family or my parents. You know what I mean? If I took them, out dude. Of the- if you had twenty million dollars, they, they'd be wishing for you to die way sooner <laughs> than that. Please, please, <laughs> get drunk on a floaty and float off to nowhere. <laughs> Jim's been missing for three years. Can we declare him dead yet and just get our damn money? <laughs> and this is the first home run of the twenty twenty MLB season. It was hit by Giancarlo Stanton, and. Dingers are going to be a little different when they're hitting to the stands with no fans. Stanton with a drive out to left center field, and just like that, the Yankees have jumped in front. 2-0 New York. Had there been fans in the ballpark, it was a guy that bought the worst seat that would have gotten that souvenir. (laughs) That souvenir may sit there for another eight and a half innings. (laughs) It's so strange just to see the ball land roll around for a bit, come to a complete stop, and then sit there, Jim. Yeah, I miss watching drunk people fight each other for it. (laughs) I miss watching a kid get his hands on the ball (laughs) and then a grown adult snatch it away from him. (sighs) The good old days. Uh, I guess the players are going to get to keep the balls, or is it the maintenance staff? I I don't know where the balls are going. We talked uh, a few days ago, Taz, about people having the opportunity to put their cardboard cutout of themselves as a fan in the stands. Yeah. And there are some teams saying that if it hits your cardboard cutout, you keep the ball. Oh, that's fun. It's almost like a little lottery thing. Yeah, like something you do at a buck and doe or something. Yeah. Like pick a pick a card off the wall, and if your card hits, you get to keep the booze. If it, if it ends up hitting multiple cutouts of fans, I'm assuming it's the first fan to get hit who gets the ball. Yeah, yeah. So is your name and address then written on the back of your cardboard cutout? <laughs> I don't know if there's like a system where your seat is designated. I don't know if it's on the cardboard itself, but I'm sure they got a system. If the ball knocks the head off of your cardboard cutout, do they send the, your head in a box, Gwyneth Paltrow style, <laughs> with the ball in there too? I would hope so. It's like the, the cardboard all dented around your eye. 
That'd be amazing. Yeah. Suitable for framing. That would be an awesome little <laughs> little thing to hang in your man cave. <laughs> for sure. The, uh, the guy who got to throw out the first pitch was Dr. Anthony Fauci. How did he do? And now one of the more well-known Washington National fans, Dr. Anthony Fauci, to throw out the first pitch. There was an audible gasp there, even though there's no fans in the crowd. It was that bad. But certainly in front of a national television audience, I would have thought, given just how big a fan he is of baseball, that that would have been something. But look, the man has been so busy, that is not something he probably has had time to practice. <laughs> wow. Wasn't even close. No, it was just a bit outside. <laughs> If he was trying to demonstrate physical distancing, he did physically distance the ball from the catcher. That's true. That could have been his plan. He doesn't like the idea of anybody catching anything. <laughs> don't want you to catch a cold. Don't want you to catch coronavirus. Yeah. Don't want you to catch a baseball. <laughs> so Jim was the host of Yuck Yucks, Virtually a Comedian, online last night. You also spoke with Mark Breslin, the founder of Yuck Yucks, last night, and, mm -hmm. and one of the comedians that uh, got their start working at his comedy club, Jim Carrey. You guys talked a bit about Jim Carrey. Uh, you've met so many, so many people, and you've launched the career of so many Canadian legends. Jim Carrey's on that list. What yeah. do you remember about meeting Jim Carrey for the first time? People always ask me about what it's like meeting somebody for the first time, but I never remember meeting anybody for the first time. They had no, I mean, he had made very little impression on me. Um, what he did, though, it was 14 years old. That was what made an impression on me. And since it was an adult club where only adults came, young adults, but adults nevertheless, I thought he had an awful lot of nerve, and I mean that in a good way, um, a lot of confidence to be able to, you know, basically crash a party. And that was kind of indicative of the kind of, uh, you know, uh, the the power that he had in, internally inside of him that was going to see him through an awful lot of ups and downs. Do, do you remember what his material was at 14? I mean, what kind of life experience do you have? Well, he didn't do jokes in that kind of way. He did impressions. And uh, he, and, and the other, that was another weird thing. Um, all of us at the time, and we're going back to 1976, 1977, all of us at the time were kind of, um, you know, sort of anti-establishment, anti-show business, hipster types. And he loved show business, unlike the rest of us. He just loved show business. And so he was doing these loving impressions of, you know, uh, Kermit and Elvis and uh, who else did he do? He did Peter. He did. Uh, Fonda. He did uh, Henry Fonda. And I thought, what kid does a, an impression of Henry Fonda? <laughs> and so he was very much off the track of what the rest of us were doing. I, I didn't get Jim for a very long time because I was looking for the next Lenny Bruce at the time, not the next Rich Little. Hearing that conversation, it reminded me that I saw something on The Tonight Show earlier this week that I didn't, I wasn't sure if I was going to tell you about it because I didn't want you to get too excited, Jim. Ex Am I going to be insulted or excited? I think you might be excited. Okay. Because Jim Carrey is truly one of the greatest comedic minds of our lifetime, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. I love him. He made a joke that you have made on the show. Um, Jim wrote this parody song about what he likes to do on a hot day. Yeah, I'm free-balling now, I'm free-balling. Free-balling. 
If you listen to the Taz and Jim show, you may have heard that one before. Now let's listen. No. Now let's listen to Jimmy Fallon talking to Jim Carrey earlier in the week. Which screams midlife crisis more, the blazer with the shirt or the or the messy hair? Well, the fact that I'm free balling right now. <laughs> My favorite Tom Petty song. Are you kidding me, man? I'm a big fan. I know all the hits, man. Uh, Now that's it, Jim. (laughs) But he definitely, it was the same joke. So either you're just as funny as Jim Carrey or Jim Carrey's been listening to the Taz and Jim Hmm. podcast and he's stealing your material. One or the other. There's no in-between. Or a one-off comment that means nothing to him is something I worked four hours on (laughs) and put together. It took me forever. (laughs) Yeah, something that just came and went for him (laughs) is something that you have have rested your career on. Something Jim Carrey didn't bother writing down (laughs) was my highest achievement. Uh... Should we? I think it, we should play this whole song. Now. Okay, well, good enough for Jim Carrey. Yeah, in yeah. honor of Jim Carrey. Plus, it's going to be a hot weekend. Perfect time to go free balling. Now my boxers are getting kind of swampy. There's a river running by my thighs. Is underwear really that important? Well, to my Hanes, I say goodbye. Yeah, I'm free balling now. I'm free balling. Free balling. Free balling now. I'm free balling. Yeah, I'm free. your heart out, Jim Carrey. Well, the fact that I'm free balling right now. <laughs> Holy Yesterday, Seattle announced the name of their NHL team. Release the Kraken. Jim, you seem to, judging by your tweets yesterday, you seem to really uh, jump on board the bandwagon there. Um... I think the name is amazing. There was speculation that it was going to be like the Seattle Grunge, and there's a couple of the Seattle Sockeye, a couple other good ones, but the Seattle Kraken. How is the Grungies? <laughs> <laughs> the Seattle Grungies. Nobody ever actually thought they were going to name the team the Grungies, no, did the, they? It was on the list. The, the no. Seattle Grunge, not the Grungies. That sounds like a kid band, but uh, the Seattle Grunge was hey, hey, like... Hey, the Grungies! <laughs> we're the just monkeying around! Grungy, no, they grungy around. Oh, yeah, sorry. The Grungies are really grungy around! I, I just think the mythical beast of Kraken is fascinating. I think the Seattle Kraken sounds cool. I think the logo, I love a good graphic design logo, and I think the logo is brilliant. It's an S, it's got the tentacle in it. And the uh-huh. little eye looks like a sea serpent. I, I just think it was, uh, I think the colors are great. I think it's uh, very well designed. Little too subdued for my liking. I thought the, the logo was going to be a lot more kick-ass. With the Kraken, I wanted to see a full-on Kraken, not an S with a red eyeball. I think eventually there will be. I think when, the, when, a, when a sports symbol or whatever gets too elaborate, I think, I think it can lose quality. 
There'll know? be alternate jerseys for sure. Yeah, like there's certain, like you can't try too hard right off the bat. I think eventually there'll be an alternate jersey with a big squid on it with a, the grunge plaid pattern, hopefully. <laughs> the grunge is. <laughs> the grunge is really grungy around. Here's some Facebook comments uh, about the, the team name, NHL's newest team, the Kraken. Alexander says, I dig how it's Kraken and not the Krakens. Like, you only need one mighty beast to defeat all the other teams, and the players are like the tentacles or suction cups on said tentacles. Huh. Going deep there, Alex. Interesting. It's true, though. John William. Oh, that's our buddy Cotton. He says, it's pretty badass for sure. Release the Kraken. Adam says, wow, I love it. I can't wait to see the roster they end up putting together. Um, so it's true. The fans will now be crackheads <laughs> and the arena is going to be the crack house. <laughs> you can't turn that clock back, right? That is, it's going to happen. When they were choosing the name, because we, we also, we've made those jokes months ago when they were speculating that Kraken could be one of the choices. The, the marketing people must have known that the crack jokes were going to be, were going to be coming out once they announced the team name. You, you'd think so. And a lot of the times, like, the fan-made uh, identities of the team will take over what the marketing team wants. So it's almost like you have to embrace it because it's going to happen. <laughs> you should do a little... You should do a little Photoshopping with this. Uh, we got... Nick says that the logo should be a plumber bending over. I'm Release the Kraken! <laughs> 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 the Seattle butt cracking. <laughs> All right, let's let's be adults here. <laughs> I, I saw a funny photoshopped one and said the Seattle Karens because if you look at it quickly, it does look so. It was just the same Seattle the S logo, but with a Karen haircut and a Starbucks cup. <laughs> <laughs> all of these, all the rest of the comments are all crack jokes. <laughs> it's not funny, Jim. Rebecca tweets. Calling Seattle Kraken fans crackheads equals boring, dumb, unoriginal, makes fun of addiction. Calling the Seattle Kraken fans the Squid Squad equals innovative, iconic, and just a chill bunch of pals enjoying hockey together. The, the, <laughs> the Squid Squad. The she squ wants to go with Squid Squad. Liz, if you want to call them the crackheads, I'm fine with that, but Squid Squad is good. You like it? I do like it. Squid Squad. It's fun to say. <laughs> Sounds like a, a children's cartoon. Squid Squad. Yeah. Daddy, can we watch another episode of Squid Squad? <laughs> God, it's worth some Paw Patrol. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or... Subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.